Today's passage has become a very beloved one for people of the church because it really captures our life of faith. And we see the disciples alone being battered by waves. We see people walk, Peter walking on water in a moment of faith. And we see him sinking when fear leads to doubt. Our life has high moments where anything seems possible and moments of tremendous challenge and difficulty when we are afraid and feel all alone. In the midst of their fear, the disciples could not recognize Jesus walking on the water toward them. In our greatest moments of despair and fear, we often do not recognize God coming toward us. I admire Peter's raw, naive, and passionate faith. When he heard Jesus' voice saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid, he makes a bold request, asking Jesus to command him to walk on the water toward him. And we remember the sinking part, but the remarkable thing is, he actually began walking on the water toward Jesus. Our lives have these breakthrough moments, don't they? You know, moments of elevation, euphoria, insight, and mountaintop experiences. We have moments of walking on water toward divine reality. But just like Peter, we see the storms around us and quickly become frightened. We lose faith and begin sinking once again, sinking away from God and away from faith. The gift that Peter left us is his response. As soon as he began to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. The fact is that he cried out to Jesus to save him. You know, when we start sinking in our lives, do we really turn to God and ask God to save us? Or do we turn to ourselves or other things? You know, when Peter cried out, Jesus reached out his hand and caught Peter. Yes, I mean, he chastised Peter saying, you have little faith, why did you doubt? But the fact is, he caught him and saved him. When we turn to God, God is faithful. God reaches out his hand and saves us. Do we believe this? You know, in the beginning of the faith journey, when God comes to us like Jesus did for the disciples, we don't see God. Just as the disciples thought they saw a ghost, we instead see a fearful situation instead of the presence of God. But when we keep crying out to God, God continually reaches out his hand and we begin to see God more and more clearly through troubled waters. That's the pattern and journey of faith. To see God more clearly as we keep turning to God. So my friends, the important thing is to continuously and continually turn to God. We will sink, we will doubt, we will not always see God, 
But as we keep turning to God, we will begin to see and recognize God's saving hand among us. And that is what happened to Peter. This is the early Peter in this story. He was impulsive, brash, and often lacking faith. I mean, when push came to shove, he even denied Jesus. But Peter would become the pillar of the church, the rock. You know, tradition says when he died, he too was crucified. But he didn't think he was worthy to be crucified in the same way as Jesus. So he requested that he be crucified upside down. And that is the kind of faith that Peter would eventually come to develop. So just like Peter, let us keep turning to God in all of our circumstances, and we will come to see more clearly the hand that saves us. So as I said, I'm uh, finally taking a break since this pandemic began. I'll be off for two weeks. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, getting a lot of rest and relaxation, but also a lot of reflecting, because I think there's a lot to reflect on. I mean, we are in quite uncertain times. With this invisible and often insidious virus, we don't know how things will shape up. You know, we had a Zoom meeting for some of the parents the other day. For parents with children, there's a lot of concern, uncertainty, and anxiety. Sending kids back to school is like shooting in the dark. In church here, a lot of us want to resume community life. But there is a lot of fear, uncertainty, and hesitation, even even among the staff and elders. The last thing we want to do is become a place where an outbreak occurs. But the longer that this goes on, what will become of us as a community? Will the church survive? Can the church be a place to provide comfort and a prophetic voice for a world that is shaken and in turmoil? We are definitely in the midst of strong winds. But you know, my experience until now gives me reassurance to turn to God and to ask God, Lord, save us. You know, it's been one year since uh, I got ordained as a minister of this church. Yeah, one year. It's gone, flew by. On the day of my ordination, I remember preaching that Sunday, and I shared my life's journey to that point. I shared about the many moments of doubt, sinking, and storms I went through, especially in my younger years. And my ordination day was like a walking-on-the-water moment for me. I mean, I broke down hard during the ordination service because I was just so overwhelmed by God's love and grace for me over the years. And that whole summer was like a whole walking on the water time. I wrapped up three years of youth ministry with our high C with an emotional end to our summer retreat when they played this video tribute that they had made. Oh, man, I just I was pretty composed up to then. But now is it. And I truly felt God's presence as I walked on the water. But the storms would soon come and test my faith too. Many things, you know, life of reality of ministry is very different. All these youth grew up and I began to see changes that people go through when they're thrust into new environments. 
and away from the safe confines of our little community. You know, and I would feel powerlessness to do anything about it. I could see the irrelevance that faith or God often has in the lives of many, many people around us. And especially a lot of young adults too. But the ultimate tests of faith would come as COVID-19 hit us with full force in March. I mean, when I think back, uh, I just, I'm uh, dumbfounded. I, we could never have imagined all the changes and challenges that uh, we would face. You know, never in my lifetime were church services canceled, especially a Korean church, right? It's just unheard of. <laughs> I saw the devastating impacts that COVID-19 would have on so many people. So much death, so much disparity in its effects. I remember I truly feared what would become of our community, whether it would survive and remain intact. I mean, how can you be a community when we can't even be with each other and see each other? This was truly new and unprecedented terrain. I also don't know how I got through those first few months. It's really a blur for me. Looking after the kids during the day while my wife works, then spending evenings focused on church and endless, endless Zoom meetings. I was a zombie, constantly exhausted, not getting sleep because of things on my mind. I used to journal quite regularly, every day almost. But then I look back, flip back, from March to April, there's not one entry. It was just one rapid blur. And also, I mean, when you're stressed out, it brings out sides of you that are not the prettiest, right? It revealed to me a lot more about my own weaknesses and my own vulnerabilities. And all the while, I think that for all of us, there was a deep mourning and shock as I processed the loss of life as we knew it. But you know what? Here, we turned to God. And as we did, I think we could see God's saving hand at work in us and guiding us. You know, I was personally sustained by, you know, my family that remained healthy and happy. I know Deb, my wife, did her best to give me space to immerse myself in ministry as best as I could. One of the greatest blessings for a church was to start a daily prayer. I mean, every day for the first few months, around 10 to 15 of us would come together on Zoom to pray to share what's on our hearts, share prayer requests, and desperately seek God's hand. This spiritual and collective discipline, I think, was the lifeline to everything else. Thankful for our staff, the ministers and pastors who really stepped up and came together like never before. I'm so grateful for my colleagues in ministry. You know, we adapted quickly to figure out how to do things like pre-record services and upload them. Uh, but not without so many glitches. Remember one Sunday, like, I couldn't even get it uploaded. People were just fiddling around waiting. It was very stressful figuring things out on the fly. But then, you know, we began to connect and fellowship and Bible studies via Zoom, and we then ventured into the unknown terrain of a Zoom service for Easter, and that's a service I'll never forget. And that experience was so moving that we decided to go to Zoom every week. And the rest is history, as, and we've kept adding elements to it. You know, we've been touched by moving reflections from our members throughout this pandemic. We've seen our kids growing before our eyes when they show up in Mother's and Father's Day videos. You know, and our elders have stepped up in a huge way. 
you know, they came together by Zoom every week to share, discuss, and pray together. They visited all the members of our congregation with care packages. You know, Olivia and the choir, they ventured into the unknown world of technology. These are not tech-savvy people, right? But they figured out a way to record themselves and send it and become a virtual choir. Remember the first time they played an anthem, uh, How Great Thou Art, as they blasted through our computers? The people were moved and in tears. <clears throat> and our summer interns, they've been such a blessing too. You know, at first, we didn't know what to do with them or if we should even proceed with it because all our summer programs are canceled. But in fact, they've turned out to be the greatest blessing for us this summer. They allow us to do all these things. <laughs> In your hearts, they opened up along with your wallets. And I can't believe how we raised over $5,000 for Evangel Hall and $16,000 for South Africa while donating food to Daily Bread Food Bank and all these things. Not only were our hearts opened, our hearts and our minds were challenged in an enormous way as we saw the Black Lives Matter movement spring alive in public consciousness. It challenged us, made us think, but also led us to form new relationships that we would never have envisioned. You know, most concretely in our new connection with Reverend Paulette and our congregation of St. Andrew's Humber Heights and how we're actually worshiping together here as one. I know that God has kept the people of St. Andrew's Humber Heights during this time as well. And here we are together, you know, worshiping our one and awesome God. Is all of this not testimony and witness to how God's hand has saved us and led us? Our God is so faithful. Our God saves us and will continue to do so. And that is the same for your own life too. God is faithful and God will save you continuously. Our own faith may be weak, just like Peter's was at first too. But also like Peter, God is faithful and God increases our faith as we turn to God. So let us always do that. Turn to God. No matter how little our faith or how great our doubt. Today is graduation Sunday. And we are blessed with young people in our midst. You know, Jesus always blessed and welcomed the precious children. And we do so today as well. So to the graduates, you are entering into a new unknown journey. You know, in addition to the new stage of life itself, there's so many other uncertainties around how COVID-19 will impact you and your experiences. I mean, I really feel for you. In these uncertain times, listen for the voice of God saying, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. When you are struggling, learn to cry out to God, Lord, save me. Instead of running away or trying to figure things out for yourself, Force yourself to keep turning to God. You know what? Even when you doubt whether God is real, just do it. I am convinced that if you do so, God is faithful 
and God will hear your cries. For all of us, how has God been faithful to you through all the challenges of this time and in your life? Let us always turn to God with gratitude in our hearts. Let us see how God has led us and been faithful to us. And let us have faith in God's faithfulness for whatever is to come. Amen. Amen. At this time, I'm going to invite the praise team to come up um, as I pray and as we get our hearts ready to reflect on the goodness of God. So let us all pray. Dear God, you are a faithful God. As we look back on the last few months, in this past year, in fact, we have experienced so many tremendous challenges and changes. Each of us have been challenged and affected in our own ways. Some have seen our loved ones grow ill or pass from the earth. We've struggled to juggle different demands. Our routines and lifestyles have been upended. And we have witnessed tremendous suffering in the world, particularly among those most vulnerable and marginalized. And cries have arisen for justice and dignity. Yet as we look back, we see your faithful hand that has reached out to us and saved us. Dear Lord, when the storms of life hit us, our faith is often weak like Peter's was but we pray that we may keep turning to you and that as we do so, our faith in you may grow. We thank you, God, for your steadfast love and faithfulness. We love you, Lord, and may you hear our confession now as we sing together. In Jesus' name we pray. <clears throat>